Welcome to Because Black, a show where we discuss fun things, strange things, wrong things, and all things black. Each week, we bring you three interesting tidbits of information. Where's the brief? Where we talk about branding, marketing, advertising, and wonder, what exactly were they thinking? The Minute of Joy, where we point to something that we found interesting in the culture this week that we think is worth sharing. And lastly, Appropriation Smackdown, where basically, we just ask for our stuff back. I'm Jen. And I'm Jordan. And this is Because Black. This week's episode, Baps Walked So Cardi B Could Run. Where's the brief? Um, how has your week been, Jordan? I have. <laughs> it took a long time. I have fought many a battle for my people. Really? <laughs> That's all I will say. Oh, I'm sorry. If I want to keep my job. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Well, I feel you. You know, it's nothing that we don't usually have to do. Yeah. Showing up in the world, we just show up and have to fight. I know. And you know, I like to fight, but it's getting hard. And I'm tired. I'm very tired. I just want to go to work, get my check, and go home. Yep. But somebody's got to hold these people accountable, right? I guess. Why is it always us? I don't know. Hold yourselves accountable. I know. I'm not your dad. Yeah. Not your ma. Well, we have my mother, the infamous Mimi Cox, was did her evening walk yesterday and listened to the last podcast. Mm-hmm. It was really long. <laughs> <laughs> but what else do you think about it? So, I can hear her saying <laughs> So that's fine. So I'll try to be, I have, I do have so many things for where's the brief this week though. Cause I got nervous and started looking for a whole bunch of stuff. Cause I forgot about getting ready. So we'll just see, maybe it won't be that long, but also the longer the podcast, the longer your walk. I say Mimi, thank us for your stuff. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't even, it was like barely over. Was it barely over an hour? Or was it an hour and a half this time? It was almost no. an hour and a half. Oh, that's fine. Um, that's what I think too. We're fabulous. My cousin has been listening to it this season. Um, she said uh, she really likes it. She feels like she's in the conversation. Oh, good. Yeah. And also, I would like to say that she was on my side, that we still count the Allstate man as a positive Black representation. (laughs) I knew there was something else. (laughs) And she said it unprompted, so I'm just saying. All right. I'm here to get educated as much as I am to educate So I will take that lesson and try to incorporate it in how I look about look at him in the future. Thank you. 
<laughs> like that man's giving me a check or something. Oh, he what we Whatever. <laughs> um, do you want to start talking about some stuff? Let go. So I have a bunch of stuff on Where's the Brief, and I feel like it's pretty all good except for the whole state of Alabama. We'll do that one in the middle. Gotcha. Um, but this is the first one I'll talk about is this um, show that's coming out, Lovecraft Country. Um, Living for it. I Sorry. know, right? <laughs> it is like for me, it's the thing you talked about a couple of weeks ago about how you know, people don't expect that there are black anime fans and cosplay fans and all that kind of good stuff. Mm -hmm. And here is, and I think maybe like it started to come out into the mainstream you know, conversation when Jordan Peele came out with Get Out, right? And he was like right. a horror fan and kind of the epitome of a, a successful blurred. And so we all loved him. And then we all were like, me too, like in the good way, like hashtag me too. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm really excited about this, and I feel like it's the exact opposite of Laquisha. <laughs> I don't talk about that Laquisha movie, but... <sighs> They're just the name alone. Yeah, I know. But this is like, the thing that's so cool about it is it's not just, it's like, it tells the story of um, this young man who's taking a trip in the gym from south to look for his missing uncle so there's like that tension that exists in like the family relationship there's the tension that they experience just being black people on the road mm -hmm. and then not to mention that there's like monsters are chasing them yes monsters on all sides you know the the white folks who are coming for them on the road trip are one sort of monster and there's this kind of you know, Hollywood movie version of Scary Monsters 2 chasing them. Mm -hmm. I will put um, a link to the trailer on um, show notes, but I just love that the person who was, I think the producer, who's a black woman, yes. said that quote, it feels like it feels like that black people by definition of being black have more skills to survive in a horror movie. And I'm like, you ain't said nothing but the truth. <laughs> People are like, just leave me. And they go back together and I'd be like, yep, sorry about your luck, Chuck. It was good knowing you, I, I'm out. <laughs> exactly. So. You're going to die today. Mm -hmm. Hope you're right with the Lord. Good day. <laughs> uh. So I think it's like an exciting where's the brief, like somebody really kind of heard what was happening in the culture for once and really, you know, stepped up to do a movie that doesn't try to, it's not for everybody. It's not trying to, like, it's not like blindside, like, like, Jesus. white people feel happy that you did this. It's just like, here's some, here's some stuff that you can just jump into and it's for us and I love it. Mm-hmm. So I can't wait. And to that's see. I think that's the beautiful thing, like like what you said, um, and it's it's not for everybody, and it's not for every black person either. I know there's a lot of people that are gonna be like, well, I don't like that, and that's fine. We're finally getting the freedom to not have to do a catch-all 
or even with the catch-alls, not even seeing that that was still excluding a whole diaspora of Black people. Mm-hmm. So this is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think the, the article from The Root that talks about this is really, it's just it just moved my heart um, to hear how much doing the movie meant to the actors. And they saw the whole time they were seeing all sides of that discussion that it was not just horror, like literal horror of monsters chasing you, but the kind of figurative and secret horror that you deal with every day. Um, mm-hmm. Malay said that in her, in quoting, quoting her in this article, she said that we don't need another Trayvon Martin to remind us of Emmett Till. We don't need another Breonna Taylor in order to see that the system is not working and that one size fits all actually doesn't fit anybody. It was just like really, they were really powerful mm-hmm. about the work on it. So I'm coming out tomorrow, 6, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific time on HBO. If you don't have HBO, yes. DM us and I will send you my password. <laughs> <laughs> so that is like a great Where's the Brief. I'm super excited about that one. Me too. And then I have another. Like, this is kind of weird because it's like a where's the brief for um, a person, I guess, for LeBron James, who consistently shows up. Like, there's a reason they call him King James. He's not just, like, um, amazing at his craft as an athlete, but he really does put his money where his mouth is in terms of supporting the community and, you know, being a, a voice for equality and justice. And so I don't know if you saw this one or had time to look at it, but he's been working for a long time with the Dodger Stadium. Like they transformed it into a food distribution situation earlier this year. And now they're going to partner with um, LeBron to make the stadium a polling station for the upcoming election. Period. Like what? I think that's amazing. Yeah. He stays on brief. He stays on what his mission, vision, purpose is. I will say, like, I I sometimes take issue with the show that he has on HBO. Not a plug for HBO, but again, if you want to send us some money, we'll take it. Um, The the show he does in the barbershop on HBO. There's been some problematic stuff that's happened on that show. Oh, yeah. I unsubscribed. I never. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like the hard part is it's not all him because there's a group of people in conversation. And so sometimes you have a question like, what? But um, that said, I think, you know, I give him points for redeeming himself in other ways. And I love that, you know, in this time, and it also speaks to the fact that he has this, he has funded this whole other organization called More Than a Vote. And that he's not just giving money to other organizations to like, ensure people get registered but he's actually using his power to do something himself and like take action as opposed to just writing a check Mm -hmm. so um it'll be great to see um how this the stadium as a polling station works i imagine there's going to be some issues around social distancing and whatnot but i would i would also imagine that they would be easier to manage in the context of an of a place a physical space that big as opposed to like the local polling stations we have that are in like the basement of the subway on fourth street right so 
I <laughs> wait. Yeah. Yeah. I'm already very much prepared to stand in line for five hours to vote. Mm -hmm. So I'm already mentally prepared for it. I'm gonna <laughs> so, some lemonade. Yeah. I'm gonna I was I'm gonna a book bag of snacks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A portable phone charger. Exactly. Everything. November's gonna be crazy in more ways than one. Yeah. Oof. I know. Speaking of crazy, look at that segue. Thanks, Jen. You're welcome. <laughs> Let's talk about Oh my gosh. <laughs> I just have to lift myself up. I have to gas myself up. <laughs> um Go ahead, Queen. What about the whole GD state of Alabama? Well, you know, I will say that they are staying on as crazy racist town. So good for them to, to reading the brief and sticking to it, but there comes a time when you <laughs> brief, boo-boo. And this report I saw on, I think this came from The Route too, about how the, the housing authority in the state of Alabama has been historically, like, no surprise, right? They've been historically discriminatory in their processes. So shocked. But, <laughs> I know, surprise. What, Alabama? Y'all so funny. But they just, this report just came out that, like, it's just surprising how deep-seated and how, like, petty this stuff is. Mm -hmm. The federal government did a review of, their, of the Public Housing Authority in Alabama, and their their modus operandi had been to if a, this is public housing, so we all broke, right? right? Not just like mixed use or you know mixed income. It's like everybody in the in the place is poor. Everybody. And they consistently the housing authority authority consistently assigned poor white families to units in these um, buildings that were at the top of the tower that had scenic views, that had laundry in the units or laundry on the floors. And when black people came to apply for the same housing in the same buildings, they were consistently assigned to the garden level apartments. When we say mm -hmm. garden level, we know that means basement. Right. And, but their rationale was that Black people don't like high rises. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Uh, How do you get off? All one needs to do is look at the Jeffersons. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes, we do. How are you going to tell me what I like? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> How are you going to say what a whole group of people like or dislike? Yeah, it is. <laughs> A ridiculous, um, and they made they get they were forced. The public housing authority was forced to give to pay something in a settlement when they were brought when discriminatory charges were brought against them. But the settlement was only two hundred thousand dollars. So, what you gonna do with that? Terminix, thank you. No more roaches. But that's about it. Um, right. Fix the systemic problem that's happening in the housing authority. So in this case, uh, I would say like the brief has been met. 
but the brief is also 100% wrong. <laughs> Very. Mm. What in the world? Mm. Alabama. Mm-hmm. They keep surprising. Well, they keep doing what they do. I guess. Yeah. Not surprising. The thing is, though, like, the federal government found out about it. What is the federal government doing about it? Nothing. Yeah. Get in there. <laughs> or don't, I guess. They don't care. It's all it's just... Yeah. Ridiculous. And also, speaking of ridiculous, I keep coming with the segues today. <laughs> I have another Where's the Brief. And this one is not so much about like what a brand is doing or how they're getting stuff wrong. Not about the content of what their advertising is. But I think we also we always look at you and I always look at like, oh, this ad was bananas. Um, but we also we don't necessarily look at like where brands are spending their ad dollars. And so this one I really love because it was born of two women, one of whom is a woman of color, because that's what we do, show up for the fight. Um started this this kind of like a quasi agency but what they do is help brands understand that um understand what brand safety looks like in the context of where you spend your advertising dollars so like you know you will go a brand will say i want to spend whatever 10 million dollars in digital media the agency places it where they're going to get the eyeballs that they want the targets that they want um, but there's a layer in there that's missing is because you might get people of, you know, demographic data that shows like a lot of women who are, who have this kind of income and this many kids and are interested in these things are following these sites. But some of the sites that they're following could be racist mm -hmm. or conspiracy theory sites. And so they're really um, helping to shine a light on where your ad spend is really going, not just like the eyeballs for the individuals, but the, uh, the, the organizations that you're associating yourself with. Right. And I love that, like it was born uh, of this term, check, check your ads, which I love. Um, mm -hmm. it's called, I think it is um, branded is the name or the link to their site is, is branded. So I think, that is a really good, where's the brief for agencies to think about when they're actually doing their content that, you know, the media brief, of course, so often like you do the content then you figure out where it's gonna be placed. But I think if you do mm -hmm. that at the same time as you do the content, it can really be, help you be thoughtful about how your brand actually shows up in the world later. Right. Whoop, whoop, whoop. I love it. That's really cool. Mm -hmm. And then my last one, this is my last one for Where's the Brief. It is from, because I'm skipping one because it doesn't matter. Um, this is from an agency called Via Agency, and they decided to use this. So the brief is pretty much for them as an agency, like what do we stand for? Let's put our money mm. where And so they have um, a new initiative called um, research jam, which I think is like a take on Instagram. And it's as people start to get, you know, come out from quarantine or if they're still, still in quarantine, whatever. But they have developed this free advertising program for small and primarily minority minority owned local businesses 
who were affected by the pandemic. So mm -hmm. they create the ads for small businesses. Um, you don't got to pay for it. They help you get the ads placed. They help you get the ads printed so that if you want to, you know, poster around your hood, you can do that. And I just think it's a really good um, thing for an agency to do because when a lot of other agencies are like, let's put up a black square, or let's do hashtag black square. <laughs> agency was like let's do let's take the work that we do very well and bring it to bear on communities that actually need it so yeah. i love it super super That's happy dope. about that and you know it doesn't hurt that the agency gets some good press and some good traction in the media for having done this work so yeah win -win. Like, <laughs> like all our words the briefs this week with the exception of alabama because they always mess stuff up have been positive. Where's the brief? Yeah. I think we're coming. People have had a time during COVID and quarantine to reflect and reset and maybe it's changing. We'll see. I really hope so. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be watching. So that's my last brief for this week. Hey, Breeze. I got nothing else. Moments of joy. Okay, well. About some joy. I have some joy, and <gasps> I have an idea for a small segment that might happen only as we see fit. Yeah. But that's just a, a teaser, and I'll get. To, <laughs> I'll, we'll get to it after the moments of joy, and we'll see how it goes. <laughs> All right. Um. So, huh? I said, hit me with some joy. Bet. So, first moment of joy, we're going. We're going to go into the Girl Scout Cookie Streets. What? Um. I know, right? Sorry, I'm just having flashbacks to living in Savannah, which is the headquarters of the Girl Scouts. And you would just walk by the, the headquarter building, and there's just always a girl out there like, you want some cookies? Just year round, like, you want some? Like, oh my God. <laughs> yes, I do. I do. I really do. But I'm a broke college kid. <laughs> that $5 box is going to kill me. I need that $5 to go to McDonald's five times. <laughs> um, <laughs> Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh my god so actually i never bought one from someone off the street because i never had the money mm -hmm. sad life anyway but girl scouts of the us of a announces its first black ceo and it's 108 year history what how did i miss uh, that that's amazing uh, i know 108 years <laughs> Mm. <laughs> Woo. But um, so, you know, they had to do it in their way. She is the interim CEO. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> I see y'all trying to test out the waters, but okay. Yeah. But um, her name is Judith Batty. And, um, it, but it, I just love that her name also sounds like Batty, like she's a Batty. Batty, yeah. <laughs> hey. Um, <laughs> Uh, she uh, started out as a Girl Scout, of course, um, but she's also, um, it's not her first time being the first, which makes sense because, you know, 
yeah. black people and especially black women always have to trailblaze. She's been um, almost three decades as a senior um, legal counsel at a Fortune 100 company where she's the first black woman and black person um, to be the counsel for that. <laughs> Which is like, how is she even alive? <laughs> how is she still alive? I know. I would have pulled my all my hair out. She has a lot of hair too. I don't know how, ma'am. Give us your secrets because my hair is falling out. Thinking about <laughs> trying to stand up for my people at my job. <clears throat> but yeah, so she is the new CEO for Girl Scouts. Interim, but hopefully it becomes long term because I feel like she's going to kill it. Yeah. Especially having been a Girl Scout herself. Yeah. Um, so shout out to her. Um, That's keep like making waves. Super moment of joy. Like, right? I have the goosebumps. That is huge. Mm-hmm. 108 year history of no black people being in charge. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> um, so next moment of joy is to a designer. I don't know. People may have seen his work, but not know who he is. He is a Nigerian born graphic designer. So I, anytime I can highlight a graphic designer because that is my trade, mm-hmm. I will do it. He is, um, he is actually, he's an Adobe resident designer. So he's done a lot of like, I don't know if you've seen Adobe does like live tutorials and things like that on YouTube or on Behance. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he's one of the, he's one of the resident designers for Adobe. So he's just one of those uh, dope designers that they tap on like, Hey, you want to show us how you do that cool stuff? Cool. Cool. So anytime a black person is tapped, I'm like, yes, show them yeah. who we are. Yeah. That's one of my favorite Black Panther um, <laughs> quotes. Show them who you are. Um, so uh, there's this company called uh, NASDAQ. It's a financial equity <laughs> firm. I, okay, okay, cool, cool, cool. Oh, I forgot you lived in New York, so you know stuff. Um, they have a, a seven-story um, building in Times Square, and his they're doing this campaign called Amplified Black Voices. Um, and they it's a multimedia retrospective featuring um, works of art and photography documenting Black life. And he's been one of the artists that's been tapped. So I think about five of his pieces are on this digital... Um, billboard on the side of their building in Times Square. And his work is just amazing. So shout out to Tammy Coker. If you're not following him, mm-hmm. look him up. Of course, there will be a link in um, the show notes, but his stuff is just so beautiful and just, man, is it, inspiring. Is it already up or is it coming up soon? It's up. It's up right now. Oh, good. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then maybe we can find Yeah. It. Okay, great. Yeah, he, I, I've been following him for only probably like a little bit over a year, but his stuff is amazing. He lives in Dallas now, um, him and his wife, but they, his work is just, ah! he recently did um, some art for Insecure too, which I thought was really dope. 
Yeah. So he is an inspiration to me. So any fellow designers listening, follow Tammy is T-E-M-I Coker. But of course, you'll get the link. Yes. So last moment of joy. Um, actually, I had a petty moment of joy, but um, I think we're going to talk about it later. So I'll hold on. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, so our la- my last moment of joy goes to none other than the Leslie Oda Jr. Woot. What? He um, did an article or an interview uh, with the Los Angeles Times about fighting for pay equity for the Hamilton cast in the um, specifically for the film. Mm-hmm. Um, so, which I <laughs> I thought it, it wasn't mind blowing because I'm like, of course, but I'm like the whole cast. <laughs> I don't. Is people of color and we still have to fight for pay equity. That's <laughs> like that's why I'm quiet because I'm like, how did that happen? Exactly, <laughs> it's ridiculous. Um, so I'm I'll read one of his quotes from. Uh, so the question I was posed was like, uh, just before the film, you helped to make sure the actors' contracts included profit sharing and financial protections for whatever this footage would become. Because, of course, you know, when you do films, they're like, you know, we don't know what it's going to do. But then if you don't have the right protections, when it blows up, the only only people who get the money is the people who are like, well, I'm going to put in on the profit share or the people who, like the executive producers basically just get all the money. Um, So he was like, I'll say this. White supremacy is is an upheld system, and it seems like uh, we're really understanding that for the first time in this country. <laughs> it's like, thank you. <laughs> oh, man. So along, he's like, along with educational systems, um, the medical system, uh, the police departments, entertainment is one of those goddamn systems, too. <laughs> so, like, I don't know why y'all thought <laughs> it didn't exist. Um, but he's like, we need to talk about uh, racism and white supremacy in theater. And I like one of his last quotes. He's like, we need to stop being polite and talk about money um, and not be afraid to speak up about that. Um, and he's like, you want to be an ally? You make sure that Black people and uh, people of color and women are getting paid and that and they'll be able to take money home to their families. Amen. It's not just revenge, it's equity. Amen. Period. Amen. Um, and then another caveat I'd like to add to what he said. Someone was quoting him on Twitter and whatnot, and he was like, before this blows up anymore, I want to make it clear that I acknowledge my privilege to be even to even be fighting for money. Um, but of course everyone's like, man, Leslie, we get it. Like, we're just not in the same profession as you. You're rich. It's fine. But there still needs to be equity there because there's people that are making way too much money compared to people who are actually putting in hard work, like real, real good quality work. Um, and not just banking off of one good movie and being white or one mediocre movie and being white. 
like just booking because your name is so-and-so yeah so but shout out to him for always being cognizant and understanding that even with fighting for equity he has a privilege as well but i just think he's a good guy all around so shout out to you leslie oh i love him yeah i just i still think it's crazy that a that he had to do this, but you know, no, <sighs> but it is what it is. Yeah, it is. All my life, I had to fight. That quote will never not be real. You don't got to tell me. <laughs> so that ends the moment of joy, and I have a uh kind of a new segment to ask you about. I waited to ask you about it on tape because I wanted your unfiltered response. Whatever kind of response do we ever give? It's all unfiltered. Go ahead. <laughs> um, I don't know what we can call this segment, but every week I am on Twitter and I am a part of Black Twitter. Mm-hmm. I, there's always a conversation of like, um, there's just some kind of like, topic that rise to the top. <laughs> um, and last week, or these last few weeks, um, have been around policing or protecting the culture through tone of voice. And you know, that is personal to me because you know my personal struggles at work. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I do. Oof. So th- there's this, uh, of course, TikTok has um, kind of blown up. Um, it's this generation's vine, as I like yeah. to call it. Canceled. Um, Trump, hmm? has, Trump has it. Oh, yeah. He won't be able to have it anymore. He... I mean, don't they already know that? That young man. Data. Like, at this point, whatever. They already like, got it. Everything, everything has our data. Get out of here. Like... Um, Ever since in 1989, I bought a pair of boots on Zappos, and <laughs> to this day, you have a, you mailers from them. Do you want some more boots? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh shoot! Blockbuster still sending me mailers. Like, ain't y'all closed? <laughs> On a side note, this is, like, this is why our recordings are so long. But I'm just going to say, on a side note, the one remaining blockbuster in Alaska mm-hmm. has a Twitter feed that is um, hilarious. And then they just started renting out the place as an Airbnb so you can like <laughs> and watch videos. <laughs> I... I I have nothing but love for them. That is so. Yes, cool. talk about a pivot. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yep. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> See, Twitter, yep. the best place on the, in the world. Um, so, this the topic for this week was around tone. You know, we've seen it before. There was a young lady who started the Renegade Dance. It was a young black woman from Atlanta. She's fourteen. I'll say black girl. We're not going to age her up. She's a black girl. Mm-hmm. Um, 14. She did the renegade dance. I don't know if you saw it. Yes, um, saw it. But, like, she did the dance, and then, of course, you know, TikTok, you're supposed to, like, you just take 
it's like repurposing or reimagining the same thing over and over. But in those instances, the original artist or person you never gets the credit. Right. Right. Um, but of course, people, Black Twitter rallied around um, Young Her and got her like the credit she deserved. She was like dancing at basketball games, <laughs> NBA games and stuff. So dope. Um, so this, there, so with that being said, there's this um, this new video that's going around, and it, it started uh, with these two black girls, and they're saying this thing that we've always said. Well, I've always said it. Um, so an example, they're tra- it's basically they're they're roasting each other. Mm-hmm. Um, so one girl has on glasses she'll be like well it's the glasses for me and then <laughs> you go back and forth and be like well it's the dirty shirt for me like so they're just going back it's the for me kind of saying that's going on and there's there's there was this video of course of white people doing this kind of talking in this tone mm-hmm. which started this conversation of like we can't have anything like why does everything have to be um commodified or like reused or like why do you get to take on african-american um tone and just use it mm-hmm. so i wanted to that we, huh? it reminds me of a movie we once reviewed called Oloquisha. but can you- <laughs> that name alone um, so, which brings me to my question. I wanted to pose a question to you. Mm-hmm. How much is too much? Like, how, how, what is your opinion on this? White people using African-American vernacular mm-hmm. on the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, someone, there's people arguing that it's just, a, it's just internet culture. Mm-hmm. And it's not really African American culture, so I just wanted to hear your thoughts about that. And I thought it would be a cool segment for us to talk about. I think we the- should one hundred percent always. I love that. Like that's a really good idea. So we have like the because Black Twitter segment segment on our show or something. Um, yeah. Where the trending themes gets discussed. I think that's great. So there's one thing. So clap clap. For you, <laughs> um, when you say how much is too much, any is too much, um, I say, because it never, Period. you ha- would have to be um, like the Mark Twain slash Shakespeare slash, I don't know, somebody of the generation to be able to find the nuance and co-opting that language and make it a commentary and not a caricature. Because right. you can do it like if if in if in doing it you're trying to make a comment on why it's not appropriate or like how do I look standing up here, Chad, talking about hide your kids, hide your wife, like Chad, right. like nope, you have to go away. But if you can figure out a way to do it and have it be a commentary and not a caricature or a stereotype or stereotype or appropriation, honestly, um, I think. That would be amazing, but I don't know anybody who can do that. So I just said, like, don't. 
That's exactly, friend. Exactly. That's that's exact like I don't understand the audacity or the the argument that well why not? Like you don't just because you find it entertaining doesn't mean you have to do it yourself. And it also doesn't belong to you. Like I can, Right. Like like I can go to um, I have not been to a concert in years, but I could go to a concert for a tribe called Red, which is one of my favorite groups it's native american first nations people mm-hmm. uh, and they just play this this awesome music it's just like a lot of drumming and the native american and first nations tradition and it's also like layered over with like spoken word not quite rap and they talk about um similar issues that people of color have you know about you know, protecting their sisters and um, you know trying to get ahead in the world and all that kind of good stuff but mm-hmm. And they also were the ones that I, I think I put on Instagram that shirt I had that says Caucasians with like the little logo. Yes. <laughs> That's where I got that shirt from. <laughs> um, but I can go there and appreciate that. And that's enough. I don't have to copy it. I don't have to emulate it. I can just be like, hey, thank you for this work. I appreciate it. I will tell other people about it. But that's the extent of what I'm going to do. And so my sister just... Um, this is like a few weeks ago, posted on Facebook, she asked a question about, to her colleagues and followers about, you know, how do you feel when women or, or men, for that matter, say to you, like in conversation, like, girl, comma, whatever, whatever, girl, this, girl, that, like, I know girl, is that like, does it bother you when it comes from people who are not of the culture when they say that? And the word girl doesn't belong to anybody. Mm. It's just a word. But the way that we have used it as black people does belong to us, I think. And the comments yeah. were like, I hate, like I can get it if it's, if it's somebody who I know really well or who I've had a longstanding relationship with who's not black, it might not hurt. Or if they're brown and just not um, African-American or black, it might not bother me as much. But they were like, oh, no, I shut people down when they say it to me. And I'm like, I've never thought about it that way. Like, it does give me a little bit, you know, (laughs) somebody says it to me, but I've never thought to analyze, like, why it is that it bothers me so much. And she got, like, all almost to a person, the responses were like, yep, nope, please don't say it to me. Please don't. Um, Yeah. For a long time in our history, grown-ass women who were grandmothers who had had little white babies suckle at their breasts were still called girl by the people for whom they were forced to work. So there's that part of it, um, too. So I just think, just don't do it. Like, stop liking people who are doing it. Right. That's that's my thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, just appreciate it make that the original contents numbers run up so they get monetized and move on. You don't have to use it. Talk, so like the girl was literally like, this is, um, it's just internet culture. And that's, it's the voice of the internet. And I'm like, no, it's the voice of black people, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is the voice of everything. Which also brings me to my kind of next point or next uh, caveat 
um, at what point are we going to force Wendy's to really sit down and admit that their tone is from a black woman and there's probably not a black woman writing all those tweets or maybe even any of them. Mm -hmm. Yikes. <laughs> like, we love, we love, we I love. love Wendy's and I love the fourth for four. Spicy nuggets plus spicy chicken sandwich plus a Coke plus fries for $4. And you can get roasted on Twitter. I love Wendy's, but I hear what you're <laughs> I hear what you're saying. Wendy's yeah. Been there for me at the end of a hard month when I'm like, oh, I only guess that's enough. Mm. For two days of like portion out the fries and only to have the nuggets. Um I don't know. Like it would be interesting to see. I would love to know. I think they will never disclose, and I'm sure it's not just one person. Um right but they will never disclose who the writers of their tweets are. And I understand why they wouldn't. Like you want to protect people's, you know, privacy or whatever. Yeah, for sure. You don't want them to get called out by QAnon or some other weird group and have them doxed on social media. So do you see how I use QAnon doxed? Like I am current. Yes. Other than you think I am. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But, but um, like, I don't know, like, what the answer is, Jordan. Like, that's a really, that's a, that's a thorny problem because, yeah. like, we I mean, so much. But also, it's like, like, it would just be ruined for me if it was like, if it was like Josh and Chad in their offices all day and they're writing this stuff. And I would be like, yeah, that, but that's the, <laughs> that's the feeling I'm getting. Like after uh, my recent running at work this week, I was like, everything could be a scam. I, I didn't, I knew everything was a scam, but now I'm looking at everything as a scam even more because mm -hmm. Like we can create like this is the tone um, of this brand, and then who's policing or who's protecting who actually writes in that voice or that tone, um, which is whew. But also, I think Jordan, when you say like, and I'm sure they have brand guidelines and really strict, um, you know, controls on the tweets that go up. But the, right, the the guidelines for that for that for those messages needs to be not sound like a black person. It should be, you know, lean into irreverence, you know, like there's no way to, you can't, I can't think of, an, of a mainstream term for like, think about playing the dozens. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, lean into irreverence, like, it's almost like the Comedy Central roast thing. Like, do that kind of stuff as opposed to like, sound like black people at the barbecue. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I will give Wendy's a little bit of credit because recently with all this, all of um, racial conversations coming back to the top, because it's not like it's just happening. Mm -hmm. I hate when people are like, the times or recent events, you mean black people getting killed and y'all finally talking about it? 
Um, <laughs> they put out a statement when the, uh, the holding company guy was doing some craziness with Trump. They were oh, like, yeah. we understand that black culture has made us who we are. And, you know, they've kind of given like a nod. But it just, I just wanted to pose them as an example of like, Mm -hmm. we're it's very easy to go from appreciation to appropriation and i want to there's only and i think i think yeah yeah and i think the intent going back to the tiktok creators what is your intent you're not appreciating this tone of voice you're going to use it to, to get your numbers to go up you're not using it for anything else Yes, you, you, you're like, it's funny or like, it's cool. But again, your motive at the end of the, at the end of the day is to take that and try to make something, some money or some kind of clout off of it. But as a side note, do you have a dot matrix printer at your home? No. Is there something? It might be my seat. Let me move. <laughs> Oil free, friend. No. Okay. This is why it's fun. Like, <laughs> in the middle of things, I'm like, I have, I'm opening my water bottle, you're opening your water bottle. It's just conversation. We love it. <laughs> um, but I do think, like, let's think about um, doing a, recording a promo for, like, Black Twitter says, or, you know, this week because Black Twitter or something like that. Because I think like paying attention to what's happening on, on that feed, um, because you're like way more involved on Twitter than I am, um, can give us some good fodder for conversation. And it really is, it's so current, you know, it's not like I gotta go back through agency week and look and see what happened or add to the world and, and look for stuff. Um, Black Twitter is like real time stuff that's going on. For sure. Yeah, it's right in the moment. So smart, Jordan. So Thank you very much. This has been your Black Twitter segment. <laughs> Andy like Streets. Say it just like that. Oh, that, say it just like that. This is <laughs> in these streets. Oh. <laughs> Yes. So we'll figure out that, like, maybe next week it's like, where's the brief? Or maybe we start with, like, then we do some moments of joy and we wrap up with some, if there are, if there are briefs that come out we want to talk about, or if somebody, you know, does some cultural appreciation, Michigas, see how I did that. And we used the Gitty Club. Um, was I building a cabinet? What was I doing? This audio is so terrible right here, guys. Next week will be way better. Some what they should have said stuff. We can, mm -hmm. that, that can be like modular and figure out what. Right. That's, yeah. I think it should be as I, as, as I find it or see trends versus like it having to be there every time. Mm -hmm. Yes. Something on Black Twitter. Like that's the gift. Yeah. 
there'll always be something there. And there's always something That's out there. There's always some, some black joy. I was thinking the other day, I wanted to get a tattoo on my wrist of, I saw somebody who had one that said, um, black boy magic, it went around his wrist in a band. It was really pretty. Oh. I'm like, I'm afraid to do that in Cincinnati because I'll go to the wrong place and they'll be like, ha ha. <laughs> and it's like white power or <laughs> no. So I have to figure out a way to get to New York and get the Black Ink crew to do that for me. You can find Black tattoo artists. Shout out. Here. I'm trying to get paid and get on TV. So. <laughs> Well, mm-hmm. so before we, move, oh, okay. before we move on to our, I think we do, I don't know if I call this cultural appropriation or just like crazy pants, what happened um, segment, but we, we don't have that intro recorded, so we'll call it cultural appropriation. Before we move on to that segment, I do want to remind you that we have to get off the phone by 12.15 because Coco Goff. <gasps> You're right. She's in the quarterfinals. Uh, so we need to watch that. So let's like hurry up and get ready. Get your water bottles. Yes. Them. Get your pillows ready on the couch. Um, so cultural appropriation. Woo. So the... I don't know what to call it. I don't want to call it the WAP because it sounds gross. But the WAP is like, wow. I don't, I don't, it still sounds gross. It sounds like mm, a sound that could happen when some things are happening. Stop it. This is a family show. Yeah. <laughs> um, did, you watch, <sighs> did you watch it? Of course I did. I was up the night it uh, went live. I was it like, dropped. What world did I wake up to? I watched it the morning after. And I was like, and mm-hmm. I, so I will be honest that I am of an age and a generation that I'm like, oh, everybody should just wear a house dress. <laughs> <laughs> and, and uh, you know, Talk about sex as, as love making a husband and a wife. Like I don't like, I don't like when you uh, put this in your uh, notes, I immediately was like, oh, we're gonna argue about this. <laughs> I'm not gonna this is one of like I like I think I just shown earlier on in the show when I was doing that. I'm not going to argue because this is not, this video was not for me and the song was not for me. So I'm not the target. And so I'm just responding to it as like a fuddy duddy who's like, oh, it's Sunday afternoon. We're going to knit some things and have some tea. I'm going to put on my house dress and go check the mail. Take a nap. Like, <laughs> What the one part of the video where Cardi B has is wearing you know the outfit I'm talking about. Like the boobs out outfit. Oh yes. My first thing was like, it just looks so uncomfortable. Like 
<laughs> like, just put on an A-line dress. Like, oh, how can you even move that way? Oh, my back hurts just thinking about it. So, <laughs> I'm not saying it was wrong. I'm just like looking at it like, I don't know how to appreciate this art. I would imagine it's like the same thing, like when people first saw Picasso in his cubism period. <laughs> I guess I like it. Like, what? Cardi B and Picasso. Yes. I love the metaphor. <laughs> I was just, my mind was blown. And then I loved like the crazy, God love Carol Baskin. Because I have been losing, like, when things go wrong in my life, like, I fell down this week and I hurt my back really bad. I couldn't stand up for for two days. Um, and when it happens to somebody at my age, you call it, like, I had a fall, not like I tripped in the kitchen. Because mm -hmm. sometimes you should not put pledge on your floor, even though it's the only thing you can find really quickly, and wear socks. So, <laughs> so I fell down. And I hit one of the bar stools. I put the bar stools in the kitchen because I was um, shampooing the carpet. And I was moving them back and I was like, oh, I'm gonna put these aside in case Jordan wants them. So I blame you for all of this. And slipped yes. and fell, hurt my back. And I was like, that bitch, Carol Baskin. That's what I said when I fell. So <laughs> I blame her for a lot of things. But she responded and was like, they're torturing those cats. And I was like, I love Cardi B for coming back to say, well, bitch, you killed your husband. So Period. That was my petty moment of joy. Thank you for saying that. <laughs> but when I say the video, like, blew my mind. And then there's the point in the video. I'm sorry I'm talking so much, but I can't, like. No. I keep going. I keep watching the video in, like, minute by, like, a minute at a time because it's too much. I'll have a stroke if I watch the whole thing at once. Oh my gosh. Video when I thought it was Cardi, who's like, has the back to the camera and she's walking down the hall and the mm. turns around and it's a Kardashian. Ciao. I almost, I literally paused it and almost turned it off. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, you know that there's a petition to get her removed from the video. I, yeah, I know. What? Kind <sighs> of. That, their cultural appropriation is that I would say that's where yeah there for me comes in yeah they we can fight if you unfortunately no 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 I was I thought you were gonna say throw the whole video away no. for other reasons no I don't like, that's where I was gonna <laughs> no I'm not gonna throw it away like leave it there because when the alien overlords come and they're like. What was the society like? I want them to look at that shit and be like, what? They'll get so <laughs> They will leave. Like, oh, you guys work out. We'll be back later. Uh, um, um, I was just, yeah, there's just been a lot of conversation around that video that I wanted to fight everyone because I don't, it's yeah that's a whole nother conversation about the double standards for women and men of course in rap in rap music or in music or in life but Which is why i think it's okay but i would say that right way about when male rappers or male musicians have talked the same way about women mm -hmm. or objectify them and i think like this was an attempt to like take objectification back Right? Like, exactly. No. Mm -hmm. so, uh, 
down with that. I was just like. Yeah, so the Kardashian of it all. I agree. The The name Kardashian is synonymous with cultural appropriation. And it's, it's too bad, so sad. Change your last name. Do do be different from the rest of your family. But that's what y'all are known for. Leeching on to Black culture and Black people themselves yep. and profiting off of it. So you change your features to be more Black. You change, like, you date Black men. You make sure you have a lot of Black babies. Right, you have Black friends around you. Like, you have, you have or Black accessories, mm. not even friends. Yes. So, yeah, no. When she came on to the video, I was like, I don't, and people are kind of like defending her, like, how are you guys just assuming that Kylie Bobo, I'm like, look at her life and look what she's aligned herself with. She has a huge platform and could speak to how cringy and terrible her family is, but has she? No, she has not. So, no, sorry. Yeah, that's like, I don't even know. I guess we'll have to put the link to the video in the show notes. With a yeah, we can. Across, or like. <laughs> I don't think any kids watch this. I'm just going to put like, old lady, old lady <laughs> thinks you should learn how to knit while you're watching this video, because they won't be able to out. We... <laughs> <laughs> It's like you're watching. Oh my gosh! But if you do it, but the visuals, the visuals of this was amazing. It was so beautiful. I was like, uh, the like the themes of it, like the it was giving me like modern art, twenty first century um, museum. As well as Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory, kind of Alice in Wonderland. I was going to say. Trippy. Um, I loved, I was like. Uh, if you could. I would have loved to work on that. <laughs> I was going to say, like, it took me a long time. Like, I couldn't get past, like, a lot of other stuff till I looked at the visuals. But I was like, this is like a combination of Salvador Dali, the Met Ball. Yes. A black mm-hmm. film, and also that bitch Carol Baskin, like all wrapped up together. It was all like, wrapped in so one. Much I don't even. Yes. Oh, shout out, shout out to the the film Baps because clearly they yeah. walked so Cardi B can run. Because oh, oh oh wait, I have to write that down. <laughs> that like it was like yes that aesthetic oh yes <laughs> i'm not gonna fight you yeah but no we could have del- we can delete the kardashian i was really ups- like visibly upset and there's <laughs> there's this great video of me <laughs> These three black men, <laughs> they're watching the video and they're like bouncing with it and they're like, oh, she, she's spitting, she's spitting. Like they're like, oh, oh, oh. And then <laughs> Kylie turns around and they like slap the computer and he's like, turn it off. No, for real, turn it off. Get it out of my face. 
when yeah. the video ends and I'm like, yes, mm-hmm. <laughs> me, oh man. Yeah. So you just made the title of this week's show. <laughs> what is it? Babs walks so Cardi B could run. That's the title. <laughs> That's it. Period. That's it. This is Jordan. And this is Jen. Coming back because we're done with this week's episode of Because Black. It's actually called This Week and not This Week. So <laughs> <laughs> we should probably do it again.